Welcome to Because You Need to Know. I am Edwin K. Morse, President and Founder of Pioneer Knowledge Services. This series is your digital resource of valuable conversations with nonprofit and knowledge management enthusiasts from across industries and from around the globe. Hi everyone, my name is Sarah Feldman and I live in Las Vegas, Nevada, where I actually just moved about six months ago. I am currently working at the Consortium for Service Innovation. I love to make myself laugh and I am inspired when I find connections between two seemingly separate things. Oh. I have three dogs, which is too many dogs, but... Yes. So you're more of a cat person, <laughs> I guess, huh? <laughs> I actually, I'm, I like cats and dogs. I grew up with cats and now at this point in my life, this season of life, I have three dogs, so. Mm -hmm. The season of my life, that, mm -hmm. that's, that's well said. What is your biggest challenge running a nonprofit? Well, I don't run a nonprofit. I need to correct you there. What? I, I thought you were running the show. I thought you were in charge. <laughs> Uh, my boss is the executive director and I'm part of a staff of six. So as we're a small staff, I would say we all collectively work together mm. as a staff to keep things Very running. Very politically well done there. I <laughs> like that. So what is your job title? My job title is director of member engagement. Mm -hmm. So what's the biggest challenge in that domain? The biggest challenge in my role, which I'm just getting started. I, as I already said, I moved to Las Vegas just six months ago. I started this role after that in July. So lots of changes recently. So still getting up and running in this role. But my job really is to help make sure our members, we have members of our not-for-profit organization, to make sure that they are getting everything they need to derive value from how they interact with us. Now, they, of course, all have day jobs. So my job is trying to, or the cha my challenge, rather, is to try and figure out how can I best help them using the resources at our disposal mm. that can help them do their jobs and kind of fit in the mix, right? right? They're not thinking about us all the time. So how can I make it really easy for them to get what they need from us and continue in their day to day? Okay, so tell me more about what that value is to these folks. Yeah, absolutely. So our organization, the Consortium for Service Innovation, we our mission is that we create space to think and time to explore. So our members gather together with us to try and innovate primarily in the service and support industry, although our initiatives s sort of sprawl out to cover really anything to do with customer engagement. So we have folks, customer experience folks and product folks, sometimes marketing folks. And we are no best known for a knowledge management based initiative called Knowledge Centered Service. And that is meant to help, again, traditionally support and service teams, but many other folks follow this methodology as well. It's a way to integrate knowledge capture and reuse into the problem solving process. So when you talk about these members, mm -hmm. are, are they always an outward facing constituency as far as their customer? Or is there anything that's like internal? And I ask that because everybody's a customer of something. Mm -hmm. So yeah great question yeah so our members are member companies primarily in the technology industry but it spans as well the individuals who are running service and support organizations in their companies 
often their customers are external to their company and we have a group of folks who their customers are fully internal. We have member companies who are running support teams, leveraging this knowledge-centered service methodology to fully support their workforce, mm -hmm. right? It's an internal support function. From the perspective of that value, the knowledge-centered service, mm -hmm. What's the strongest, uh, as you see it, what's the strongest piece of that? In the normal knowledge management, we have people, processes, and technology. Yep. So where does that lie in the KCS paradigm? Uh, interesting question. Yeah, certainly people, process, and technology is all involved. We have found when it comes to implementing KCS, technology really is the last thing you should be thinking about. And it's much more people and process oriented. We would actually kind of button those up together and, and talk about it as culture uh, because it is very much dependent on people following new processes. Mm -hmm. Is there anybody that challenges that position? Because as you just said, and it's been my perspective also, technology is like the last thing mm -hmm. you really need to worry about mm -hmm. because the people in process is usually the biggest stumbling blocks with the greatest value to gain from changes. Yep. That doesn't require a full rollout, enterprise level, such and such. Do you feel that there's any members out there that kind of say, yeah, we like technology. We're going to go with that. <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah, no, it's it's a great question. And it's actually, I think it's a ubiquitous challenge, I think, across all functions that it's very difficult not to focus on the technology first, because that's the thing that's almost the most tangible, right? And it's the thing that, that we feel like we have the most control over. Ah, Good point. It's the thing that vendors often try and sort of persuade us that their technology perhaps is the answer to all of our problems. So we're getting a lot of signals, internal and external, to focus on the technology. And we kind of collectively have to remind each other that it's really a people and a, and a process challenge mm -hmm. to focus on first. Well, let's mm -hmm. back up a few years. Let's talk about your organizational experience in content development. Mm -hmm. What's your sweet spot? What What do you find is the sweet spot for content? Explain more about how content is generated, used, and purposeful. I should share that my career foundation is as a technical writer. So even as my roles have have sort of taken me away from that directly that's that's my worldview when it comes to when it comes to work because technical communication is all about getting the right information to the right people at the right time in the right place <laughs> uh, wherever wherever they are whatever it is they need way easier said than done of course it's a it's a move it's a constantly moving target which is part of the fun and I've always I've always been drawn to technical writing rather than other types of writing because the way I say it is well two things one you don't have to fuss with adjectives as much you kind of can get right to the point <laughs> unless you're talking about the blue button of course right for the most part you're getting to the point and I like the challenge that there's arguably a best way to present information I mean, you'll still find you know room to debate at the end there but Potentially, there's a there's a best way, a most efficient way, a most convenient way to present that information to folks. I, I'm curious, as you say that, uh, what pops up for me is that when you develop learning material, 
you have to consider your audience. Mm -hmm. When you're considering your audience for content, not so much learning objectives, materials, that sort of thing, how do you sensitize your content to match where the majority of your audience is? Uh, it's a great question. There's lots of ways. It's doing the best you can to understand your customers. And there are a million and one ways to do that. My foundation, even before I got involved the, with the Consortium for Service Innovation, was with customer support. I uh, say often that I find myself, I feel very fortunate that my first tech writer role was embedded with a support team rather than tech writers are often embedded with engineering, product, sometimes marketing or elsewhere. And so I was, you know, in the front row experiencing what customers truly experience when they're using the product. And so my bias <laughs> leads heavily towards that, but really any way that you can connect with your customers and what they're going through is important. Now, of course, customer success is a function that's matured dramatically in the last 10 years that didn't exist when I started my career. And that's another great one, a great avenue to, to get a sense of what your customers are really experiencing. And not just that, but the, the problems that they're really trying to solve. Because of course, they don't buy your product or service to use your product or service. They're buying your product or service in order to achieve right. a goal as part of a bigger, as part of their ecosystem of mm -hmm. their work. The, the need of the customer, I hear what you're saying, the need of the customer is paramount to whatever the product is. It's, and I, I hear mm -hmm. it's a perspective thing, right? It's, they may have picked mm -hmm. it by reference or referral, I should say, uh, or. Or maybe they didn't pick it at all. Their IT team picked it, right? The procurement team picked it. For them. <laughs> yeah. Right. So yeah. So yeah, now you're yeah. dealing with somebody that may be a little disgruntled, uh, that got force fed a solution that they don't really care for. So you have to deal mm -hmm. with those folks as customers. It, this user interface, and I'm using user interface in, in the respect that you have to build the content to consume. You have to build the concept yeah. to be easily understandable and mm -hmm. consumable. Does KCS give any kind of framework to develop that content to do just that? It absolutely does. We talk about structure in KCS methodology, and that includes a couple things. We'll capture and structure. One, we're capturing content in the context of the user. So the most basic example of practicing KCS is, let's go a little old school, a customer calls in to a support center, they ask their question, the customer support agent should capture the customer's question, which would therefore include their context for why they're asking the question. And instead of just responding to the customer on the phone at the same time, they are capturing their response, not just in case notes in the CRM that's tied just to that case, they're capturing it in a knowledge base article that will ideally as quickly as possible become available through self public customer self-service in the knowledge base. You bring up a good point because I think most people, if you're not sure what a CRM is, it is, is multiple definitions, but constituency yeah. relationship management. It's so it's a way to capture just as you said. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to call back and say, I've already talked to somebody about why do I have to say it all over again? Just pull up the notes. You know, you, right, you should right. have that. But that's very much a individual to individual relationship content capture. The one to one. Right. Mm -hmm. So now you're talking about how do you expand that 
interface of the one-to-one to to go one-to-many and make it more useful. Exactly. And so the way you do that is, as I said, you as quickly as possible get that information out to wherever your customers are and you publish that information in the context of how the customer is asking, not in engineer speak or agent speak. So you're literally using the customer's words to publish that information back out. And you bring up a good point because it's extremely easy to rephrase whatever somebody just told you into your own language. Mm -hmm. So how hard is that to refit somebody's brain to say, capture what they said, not what Mm -hmm. you think they you know, how do you fix that? Yeah, well, I mean, like like any sort of process change, there's there's a learning curve. There's an adoption guidance around this, though. One is that we leverage templates that the agents use to capture this information. They're not starting from scratch every time. And the templates very clearly state the, in, the what you're putting here is what the customer said, right? Not what you think. Yes. And there's lots of room in our adoption guidance and KCS adoption guidance, I should say, to help the agents or whoever the we call them knowledge workers the whoever is you know working in this information exchange and capturing i've heard of knowledge workers i like that term yeah i like it it's it's yeah more universal it doesn't tie anyone to a specific role and so they have lots of guidance training uh chances to practice this there's uh what we recommend strongly is coaching mechanism behind the whole thing where there's a designated can call them a bit of an expert in practicing KCS methodology and they work with individuals as they're getting more comfortable with the process and coach them to to do it right. So no one's expecting perfection on day one or really ever. It's a constantly, you know, it's a it's a practice like anything. So you're talking mm-hmm. about what I would think are very my phraseology would be deep pocket organizations that can actually have a very robust what I would call a back end of the CRM and mm-hmm. those mechanisms to capture and understand their customer and issues with products or, or whatever that relationship is around. Yeah. Um, but how would you recommend to a small nonprofit to engage that framework? Yeah. You know, so maybe they don't have, maybe there's three people mm-hmm. versus 300 and they're all doing lots of work, but yeah. how, how do they get that knowledge work captured? What would you recommend? It's really thinking about the principles or the sort of the essence of what we're trying to do here, which is in any interaction, in the time that you and I are talking here, what's the information or knowledge that we're most likely to want to reuse? What's something that we are talking about here that we'll want to reference again? And important to keep in mind, it most likely won't be you and I needing to reference again, but a colleague who has a similar question or exploring a different similar topic that wants to reference that information again. So just thinking about it almost from a high level, if if the ultimate goal is to make it so that our, our colleagues can find the same information if they have the same question. And if you're talking about a really small organization that does not have a complicated tech stack, it's using whatever tools you have really to to enable that so you can create a template anywhere Mm -hmm. you're reinforcing the process versus the tech absolutely yet again yes right i mean it's just get into some good behaviors some good practices and everything will be fine (laughs) everything will be fine sure (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. All right. So I hear some sounds coming through that give me the indication that it's time to ask you what knowledge management is. What is knowledge management? I think it is, I'm sure you'll find a thousand definitions out there. I would describe it as making the best use of your organizational knowledge in order to achieve your organizational goals, whatever those may be. It's, it's really treating knowledge as an asset in your organization, just like your laptop is an asset. I'm with you. That's what we do. I love it. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Any last words of wisdom from your seat in Nevada? Last words of wisdom. What do you think your What do you think your listeners want to know? <laughs> See, I want. I care. I care about what they want to know. What about what not about what I want to say? That's my background. Yeah. Right. What's the hardest thing about content generation? <laughs> the hardest thing about content generation. I don't know if I can pick one hardest thing, but I'll I'll say a hard. I'll say I'll say a hard thing. How do I want to phrase this? I I have a thought kind of at the front of my mind. It's about we use this phrase in KCS methodology called sufficient to solve, which is capturing just as much as you need in order to make that information reusable in a in a useful way. And I think that can be the hardest thing is putting in just as much effort as is needed to achieve what you need without overdoing it. It's, it's hard not to overdo it. You bring up a great point, and I, I don't know if it's due to uh, most of us that go through the education system that have to generate so many words for an mm -hmm. assignment and generate mm -hmm. content to, for academic support mm -hmm. is not about synthesizing and make things small bites they want bigger bigger more yeah. is more you know, right, exactly right. i don't so i i understand that challenge because that is a challenge yeah. I, it's real easy to overcomplicate everything and do you need all right I, and i'll throw this out as a last on that concept mm -hmm. so uh, on a piece of equipment i have here for snow removal in the great snow belt here off of lake erie uh, I've got a snowblower that takes certain amount of components to put together to put it on the tractor. Sure. And so I look at the manual and I'm like, oh my God, there's got to be an easier way. And there's a YouTube video. And now this is how flippin' simple this mm -hmm. is. And I, I love using this example because it's so easy to overcomplicate yep. it. All this guy did was he set up his camera on a tripod or something oh, 10 feet from the tractor never says a word he just started recording and stopped when it was done mm -hmm. but all he did was go through the motions of and that was it there was no content other than visual right if you make this real simple people will will come and drink from the fountain because yep. it's like this is easy and useful mm -hmm. that's all i need mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's a great story. Great example. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you for being here today. It's been a, a really great pleasure. Yeah, my pleasure as well. Thanks for a wonderful chat. Because You Need to Know is designed to bring people's experience and their knowledge forward to be shared. I'm Edwin K. Morris, and I thank you for joining in to listen to another conversation brought to you as a public service of Pioneer Knowledge Services, a nonprofit tax exempt organization with a charitable knowledge management purpose. Find us online at pioneer ks.org and add your voice to the conversation on Facebook.